Hello, hello, and thank you for tuning in. This is In the Bin, a podcast centered on the tree fruit and agricultural industries of the Pacific Northwest. I am your host, Tyler Weinbender. I've been in ag my whole life. I grew up on a family farm in the lower Yakima Valley, and now I work in the tree fruit industry. If you take a step back and think about everything that goes into growing food from a patch of dirt and getting it onto the world's table, there are so many interesting points there. The goal of this podcast is to highlight individuals and businesses that are striving to provide the world with fresh produce. Our guests will be people who have interesting stories and ideas, people who wake up at the crack of dawn to check on their orchards or to call a customer or to market their products. There's thousands of individuals involved in farming and they all have interesting careers and stories. I want to dive into them. The show is sponsored by Domex Superfresh Growers, a leading grower and shipper of apples, pears, cherries, and blueberries out of Yakima, Washington. Okay, today's guest on In the Bin is a legendary man. If you've ever purchased apples from Washington State, there's a very good chance that you've heard the name Dan Harrington. Dan Harrington is basically Michael Jordan for Domex Superfresh Growers. He is one of the first account manager and sales individuals that was hired at the company in the early 90s. And Dan has been a mentor for everyone who has followed since then. Dan is a amazing salesman, an excellent father, a good friend, and I'm very thankful to get the chance to sit across from him and talk about his long career at Domex Food Fresh Growers. He recently retired after 28 years in the industry, maybe 29. I don't know. There, there's a lot. Regardless, he, he's got some excellent stories and some excellent ideas and kind of laid the, the groundwork for, for a lot of the modern sales tactics that are used in the tree fruit industry. So I want to extend a nice thank you and welcome to Dan Harrington for being the first guest on In the Bin. Dan, thanks for coming in today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for inviting me. And I, uh, I feel honored to be a, one of the first guests and uh, for the great introduction. That's, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you coming down. Yeah, you are, you are the first guest. This is, a, this is a new thing we're doing, and I appreciate you coming in and being the first one. So three, three decades of selling fruit, you know, a lot has changed since early nineties to today. What comes to your mind when you think of something that uh, has changed over those 30 years, what was a challenge in the nineties that isn't a challenge anymore? And what was, what was easy in the nineties and what's hard now, you know? Well, I think one of the biggest changes is what you guys are doing like this podcast and uh, uh, Brenna just left and what she's doing on social media and, and, and uh, all that, all the effort that goes into that part of it. It all just helps the partnership that you're building with the retailer. Um, you know, back when I first started, there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of communication, uh, you know, via phone or, or, or whatever communication was, is different these days than it was back then. You know, there's a lot of emailing that goes on. I, I watched it, uh, the last couple of years I worked here. Uh, and I, and I think that's, I think we're losing something there when we lose that uh, ability to, to talk on the phone or, or to um, see each other in person, I, I think there's a valuable part of uh, selling produce is that you have to really communicate and have dialogue. And, and uh, I don't know if that's still as critical as it used to be. Yeah, no, I, uh, when we work together, you always had these awesome stories of, I mean, I, I wouldn't even call them customers. I'd call them your friends really that, that you'd worked with for so long. And, I think it's hard to build those, those relationships up. I think a lot of uh, newer folks might have difficulties, you know, making those relationships and getting their foot in the door. And once you, once your foot's in, you know, then servicing that relationship and, and, and building it up, it's kind of a special talent, I would say to, to do that. Well, I think that, um, 
you know, one of the re, one of the ways to take care of that is to fly out and see the guy and or or the girl and and uh, have dinner with them. I think it's very very important to to meet the customer and and to sit down and have dinner, like I said. And another thing I think is very important is to get out into the stores and see how your how your apples are performing, your apples, pears, and cherries are performing at store level. Uh, see who else they're bringing in, see their assortment, see how they go to go to market. Uh, I think that's critical in, in in building that relationship. Seeing it all the way through. Seeing it all the way not through. Just, not just selling it, not just the transaction, but past it. Yeah, exactly. You know, apples look a heck of a lot different at the stores than they do, you know, on the packing line or in the box and the loading dock. It, it, a lot of things happen on the, on the way there. And, and so I think it's really critical to get out and see those stores. Yeah. Earlier, you mentioned having dinner with your customer. I think that's a fantastic way to get to know your, your customer better. I know you've got some good dinner stories, Dan. Well, you know, uh, there's been so many dinners <laughs> and um, I mean, there's so many stories I remember I was in Montreal having dinner with a Canadian retailer up there. There was uh, four or five of us and they convinced me to eat some sushi and I'd never had sushi before. Uh, Irish Catholic, I was raised on meat and potatoes, but <laughs> of course, so I, uh, I had some sushi and I think within 20 minutes I knew something was amiss <laughs> and within 45 minutes I, I thought I was going to die. <laughs> so they, uh, they were really great guys. I mean, they're still friends of mine. They called a cab and they told him in French that I was sick and I needed to get back to my hotel in downtown Montreal. And, uh, he kept looking on the way back. He, the, the cab driver kept looking in the rearview mirror and saying, I think in French, are you going to throw up in my cab? Oh. And he was going about 120 on the freeway. Which didn't help. <laughs> yeah. Which didn't help. But he finally got me back. And, and I think that's the last, the one and only time I've eaten sushi wow. was with these guys in Montreal. Wow. <laughs> um, I remember we had some great dinners at the PMAs and the CPMAs yeah. and, uh, you know, a lot of them, uh, it, it just made, made a lot of difference in our relationship and our partnership with those retailers and wholesalers. Uh, we had one down in Atlanta at the PMA where we actually, the, the chef actually, uh, we helped, uh, cook the dinner. Um, and we did everything from start to finish as a group, as a team, and it really helped build, build a partnership and build a relationship. Yeah. But there was thousands of dinners that, uh, that we had that were, uh, some were good and some were not so good. It's nice to be able to like step out of the, the, the business part of it and just like get to know people across the dinner table and share foods and stories. And even if you don't even talk about apples or produce or anything during that dinner, it's still so valuable. Yeah. And I, I, I think the most, one of the most important things at, at, at dinners with customers is not to talk about business. You know, that's time to, to find out, know about their personal life and, and their, you know, are they married and how are their kids and, and, uh, you know, don't even bring up the business aspect of, of your, of your relationship and, and really focus on what makes them tick and what's important in their lives. Yeah. And because that'll help you, you know, down the road. And, you know, I, I've always been genuinely interested in people's lives. Even before I started here, I, I used to ask a lot of questions when I met somebody about, about themselves uh, and, and that continued on as I, um, as I got into sales. And, um, I think that helped me tremendously as I, as I grew, because I, uh, as I grew in this business and as the company grew, part of our conversation was always a personal thing. You know, uh, I, and I think it made a huge difference as we started to grow as, as, as our business started to grow. Yeah. You kind of, you kind of laid down the mold for, I guess, how, how sales here should go. I mean, really the first, the first one to do it. So I think a lot of people have 
looked at you as a mentor and kind of followed how you, how you've done things. Definitely. Yeah. And I, you know, as we started this conversation, I, I'm, I'm, I hope that doesn't go away in this business. And, and I'm afraid that a lot of it already has where, you know, it's all emails and it's all, um, you know, pricing online and, and, um, uh, replenishment and, and there's no real dialogue. It's just about, just about the business. And I think, especially in the produce business, uh, the personal relationships are, are so important and so important in your success and, and, and your partnerships. So let's, let's rewind back to, when did you start? Do you remember what year it was? I think it was 94. Oh my God. So I was, uh, just over two years old. Yeah. Um, thanks. How did you, I guess, how did you end up in, in, here, I mean, what, what, what made you want to get into sales? Um, is it transition from another job or like, how? well, I, uh, you know, when I, when you grew up in the Yakima Valley, you pick fruit or you're involved somehow, you know, my father used to, uh, drop my two older brothers and I out at the cherry field, cherry orchards, um, you know, three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning. Uh, and as soon as the sun came up, we'd be ticking cherries and we were out there till three o'clock in the afternoon. And, uh, you know, you might make five, six bucks that day, <laughs> but that was a lot of money back then. When I graduated from Washington state, I went to work for a, um, a ready mix company. I was in management as a ready mix company, but I always wanted to get back into the, uh, into the fruit business uh, because it's such an important part of Yakima. And I heard that the Kershaw's were hiring a, an account manager, sales guy. And I came out and interviewed and they didn't hire me right away. I had to call about 10 times to see if they'd made a decision. And I think the fact that I called so often yeah. uh, made up their mind that maybe he might, you know, maybe he might work out because that's what it takes in this business. You know, when I first started out here 28, 29 years ago, we really didn't have much of a customer base, really didn't have a lot of fruit. Uh, when I called, I, it was all cold calls. You know, I basically opened the blue book and started making cold calls. And uh, that's how it grew. It grew from there. And, uh, you know, now you look 28 years later where we are now, it's just astounding. The growth, uh, it's astounding how many, you know, great young people we have working here now, including you, Tyler. I no, mean, thanks. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, uh, it's really rewarding from the first day I walked in here, it seems like yesterday to when I walked out, uh, the end of the year, 2022, uh, you know, where we've grown and what we've become, we've become a force in the industry. And it's, and it's, it's very, very rewarding. Cool. Well, I think, think you played a huge part in that, you know, building it up and being the first real salesman here. Well, you know, uh, I mean, I'm proud of that. Uh, I'm really proud of that. I'm proud of what we built. Uh, the Kershaw's had a vision uh, of where they wanted to be. And it was a vision that was kind of contrary to what other grower shippers were doing in the Yakima Valley. And, and, uh, a lot of people said, you know, you, you couldn't do it that way. And we, we accomplished it and we've grown. I think we're close to 20 million boxes, apples, pears, and cherries. Now, when we started, I, I think we were a couple million. <laughs> One thing that I'm really proud of, uh, the other things I'm really proud of that I've, you know, is that my three boys are all working here. Yeah. I wanted to talk about that. That's, that's, that's really cool. Yeah. I, uh, I'm really proud of that. They're, they're all in different departments and they're all doing really well. When they were kids and I was uh, selling cherries every day, seven days a week, all the way from June till mid-August, they didn't particularly care for this industry, uh, but now they're doing really well. And, and uh, I'm really proud that they're, you know, uh, they're participating and they're, they're, uh, they're giving something to the company. And, and that's really kind of cool. Yeah. 
What's that like? Cause I know, I know selling fruit in the summer is, is crazy. Um, so what's it like having three, three young boys running around at home and you're trying to build a, a new career and, you know, it was, that's, that's one of the tough parts about the business is, is cherries is a, a seven day a week job. You know, there's no days off on cherries. Although, you know, after, after all these years, the, the, the company, the Kershaw's have managed to, to get some really good people in here and, and some, and some good assistance so that there is uh, now, after all these years, we, they're allowed to take some time off, take a weekend off or take a week off. And, and it's not as critical as it used to be when we were smaller and there wasn't that many team, team players in, you know, involved. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a team to, to spread the whole, the whole workload across. Yeah. Your boys are doing great. I have the pleasure of uh, working with all of them in, in some way. Yeah. They, um, they, they, they really enjoy it. They all have their own personalities and their own strengths. And I think, uh, they're, they're, uh, the company's really, you know, looked at them and, and, and considered their strengths and their weaknesses and put them in really good spots out here. Yeah. I don't know if they'll make it 28 years like the old <laughs> man did, but, uh, they're, they're really excited to be here. So I circled, uh, that you called 10 times to, to get the, the position. Did you ever have any prospective, uh, retailers that you just couldn't get a foot in the door and you just kept hounding and hounding Did that ever work out for you? Yeah. You know, uh, the one thing is you can never give up because there's always going to be that one phone call when something happened to another vendor and they'll give you a chance. I remember when, when I first started a couple years into it, I had been calling this, um, a major retailer in Western Canada Been calling him a lot, just trying to get the business. And, uh, he said, you know, we have our vendors. Um, we really don't need another vendor. And, and this went on for, I don't know, maybe a year, I don't know, but the CPMA, the Canadian Produce Marketing Association that we, we supported for years, we still do, that, uh, that was in Vancouver, BC that year. So Robert and I went up to it. When we make CPMA appointments now, it's for dinner or it's, it's you know, something critical about the cherry season coming up. It's, it's, it's planned out, you know, hour, two hour meetings. Yeah, yeah. Back then, uh, we were very, very, you know, unknown. Uh, no one knew who we were as a company. So the, uh, the VP of produce for this retailer said, okay, after the morning meeting, I'll give you 10 minutes. And so I'll meet you out in the lobby. I'll give you 10 minutes. In the lobby. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, for me, that was a home run. Yeah. At least we, well, after we, working on it for a year, at least we got some <laughs> FaceTime. So he did it. He met us. He said, well, if you guys want to learn our business, go out to the stores, see how we operate. So Robert and I left that meeting went out to the store and we were in the produce section and he walks in and he says, well, I hope I see that you took my advice. Yeah. And I tell you, Ty, that was a home run. Yeah. That's awesome. And he spent maybe 40 minutes with us walking the produce aisles Wow. and guess what? The next week we got a PO and our business grew from there and it was, it was amazing, I but I hadn't heard that story. That's awesome. Yeah. And it was, it was unbelievable. Yeah. And he said, go out to the stores. And then we saw him out there. All it took was 10 minutes after a year. All it took was 10 minutes. <laughs> so crazy. you can get done in 10 minutes. What, you know, sometimes wow. it, it, uh, it never happens, but the critical thing is you never give up. You never give up. That's you keep awesome. calling. And that's what I did when I, when I got this job, I kept calling. <laughs> eventually they'll pick up. <laughs> yeah. Eventually they, they hired me. I think they got tired of me calling and bother them. So, yeah. uh, you know, you were talking about, uh, about dinner, uh, dinners over the years. I remember, you know, we were doing business and we still are with some of the major retailers 
in, uh, in Canada. We were at, again at a CPMA and, and, uh, we, uh, the night before we had business with one of the, one of the retailers in Montreal that in the second night we had business with another retailer, which often happens, uh, in a short period of time. Yeah. Sometimes you'll have three dinners in one night. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you can only order appetizer. Otherwise you're going to be full. And you know, the one thing about Montreal I've always loved is the restaurants. I mean, they have thousands of just great restaurants. Yeah, really good sushi there too. Yeah. Real good sushi. <laughs> uh, and so we picked, uh, a restaurant, uh, the second night and we we're all sitting there and guess what? The, uh, the guys we had dinner with the night before come oh, walking no. in their whole team. And here we are. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> that was, uh, that was kind of, kind of odd yeah. and it was, it was kind of awkward, but, uh, you, you know, didn't go back to the same restaurant, did you? <laughs> no, we went to a second restaurant, but, but they were there and, but you know, they, um, they knew we were doing business, uh, with each other. Uh, I, I think they trusted us and they knew that we were, you know, and they knew the kind of job that we did. Yeah. Uh, and so I, no, it, it never, it never. No repercussions from that nope, or anything? None. They'd say hi. Yeah, <laughs> they did. They waved at us. <laughs> they waved. <laughs> I can feel my, my face pulsating red, that's but, funny. uh, but that's, uh. Well, were they with another competitor of ours or? What, they no, just they were, they were with like a veg guy or oh. something. So. <laughs> that's so funny. But yeah. There's, there's always good stories at dinners. I think of, uh. One of my first dinners, I feel like all my East coast trips, when I first started, they kind of like threw me on the East coast. And like, I just got to learn the business for the first like two, three years, flying East coast, looking at stores, talking with customers. Uh, one of them was in Orlando with you. We went to that Shula's steakhouse and I can't remember the customer, um, but it was down there by Disney world. And that meal was just like heaven. And it was so cool to like share that experience with you and a couple other employees and the customer and like, not even, not even talking about work, just like enjoying the time and the food. And it was just, I still think about it as one of the best dinners I've ever had. And it was just yeah. a, it was just a hotel restaurant, but it was amazing food. And that, that was really a, a huge part of the job was the traveling. You know, I love the traveling because I love to go out and meet who we were talking to, who we were partners with yeah. uh, and sit down to dinner with them. You know, uh, when, when we first started, we did a lot of traveling uh, because we had to get out and see these guys and we had to make a difference in their mind. Uh, and, and I think the best way to do it is to go out and see them and go out and, and, and visit them, get out to the stores. Like I said, yeah. sit down to dinner. I remember, and you know, the, my three boys are working here now. Like we said, I remember I came back and I was traveling a lot and my, I was taking the boys down to the park and I had been gone all week traveling. Uh, so you're, you're and, exhausted. And, and you know, I was tired and the boys were in their, in their, in their chairs and their little safety chairs in the back seat. <laughs> And my oldest boy, John, who's now in um, production, he said, dad, do you have any more trips? And I could see them all three in my rearview mirror. And, and I said, I just got one more, John. And he started crying. Oh. And that killed me. Oh, I bet. <laughs> that killed me. Oh. And it stuck with me. <laughs> but, you know, it didn't curtail the traveling. Yeah. But, you know, it just made it great to, to come home. And uh, it made you see how important, you know, both parts of your lives were, you know, this was so important and it was so important to, to grow the company and, and, and to get us, to get us out there. It was also important to come home and see the boys. And, yeah. and that's always has to be, you know, a critical part of your life. That's awesome. Yeah. I wanted to talk about, I guess when you started, what was there like two varieties, grannies and goldens and basically uh, it was uh, you know, Reds, golds, grannies, and galas. Galas. But really, 
Red's what they what they called Red the category king. Right. Uh, and seventy percent of the volume. Yes, yeah, so about seventy percent of the volume was Reds. It it was a lot easier back then. There wasn't a lot of, you know, different packages like we have now. I mean, yeah. how many different packages are you involved with, Tyler? Oh, I think on a day to day basis, there's probably fifty different bag skews these days. Yeah, it's it's grown. Cat and I were just looking at the uh, category data. Uh, it's like almost sixty percent bag skews now for yeah. total po- uh, pounds sold in the. And back then it was tray packs, heavy packs, three and five pound bags. Yeah. Um, and so it was, it was a lot, it was different. Do you think it was easier to me? It, it, I, I, you know, I wasn't around. I've only known this current 50, 50 bags bulk. Um, you think it was easier to sell a smaller skew assortment versus having such a big mix? Oh yeah, I think it was. Uh, and I remember, um, uh, the Kershaw's Bob and Ed, um, I remember we were one of the major retailers in the country said to us, if you want to do business, we have a private label. So I just, when said, was that? Oh, that was, I don't know, maybe 97, 98, oh, the first something like one. that. <laughs> and I said, Oh man, we'll do it. You know, I jumped right in and uh, I got my ass chewed because, you know, we didn't want to do that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. We didn't need private label business. Yeah. These uh, days you don't even get a say. <laughs> yeah. You don't get a say. I mean, how many, how many different private labels oh, do we have? Man. But that was the first, yeah. my first experience. Wow. And it, it just made a lot. It, it was, it was tough at, at, you know, cause we weren't used to doing it. You had a different manifest. You had all this, you had to order different packaging. You had to do all this stuff uh, that they just didn't want to do at the time. Yeah. And now, uh, now it's so much different. It's, it's the norm. Now. It, it's, it's the norm. I mean, I bet we're packing Ten different private labels today. Yeah. Different bags and yeah. And I mean, we've got, we've got partners who have their own uh, private label sticker mm-hmm. that says their, their brand and, and clamshells and, yeah, and, clam and everything else. Boxes. It's euros. It's, and I mean, it's yeah. just, it's, it's really crazy what, what it's grown, but the other side of the coin, look, look how many different varieties we have now yeah. than, than we, and then we did. Yeah. You know, you had, you had really, you had really reds, golds, grannies and galas, and that was it. And, and, um, you know, now it's the, the, with the proprietary varieties and, yeah. uh, it's just, it's crazy. And the consumer gets confused out there, I think. Yeah. So it's, it's so much, it's so much harder, I think now than it was, but it still goes back to, to relationships. You know, uh, there's a lot going on. And I feel sorry for these younger guys, you know, starting out now, because there's a lot of things to, to keep straight. And there's a lot of things that are, that are different than they were a lot, probably a lot harder now than it was, but there's still so many things that are exactly the same. And I think the, the common thread is the relationships that, that we've built over the years. You know, I'm still friends with guys I've been talking to for 25 years. Yeah. We had lunch and you were saying, uh, one of, one of your old accounts called you. <laughs> yeah. I said, how'd you get my number? <laughs> <laughs> but he was asking for advice and, you know. Yeah. And, you know, I, I mean, I was just kidding about that. He's just, he, he's a, he's a good friend of mine. Yeah. Uh, Ashley Filio went back to see, um, uh, an East coast retailer and she said, they just, they asked me about you and how you were doing. And, and, um, I consider those people friends and, and, um, uh, you know, I miss the people in the office. Uh, uh, it's, um, it was a hell of a ride yeah. and uh, I miss that part of it. Uh, I don't miss being here at uh, <laughs> quarter to six, but I do miss the people. Quarter to six, man. You were late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely, it's, it's a hustle for sure. It's, it's when you're, when you're in the trenches, you don't, you don't necessarily realize it, but sometimes when you, you know, when you take a week off or vacation or whatever, you just look back and think like, 
man, that's, that's a grind in there, but it pays yeah. off. And it's, it's amazing. You take a week off and, uh, it takes you a couple of days just to catch up. It's the, the, you know, the business changes so quickly, um, almost on a daily basis on with pricing and availability yeah. and inventory. Oh, and, yeah. and, uh, it, it changes pretty, pretty, pretty quickly. And I, and I've always been amazed when I come back just a week, just a week being gone, how much has changed. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you look at the manifest and that's changed yeah. and that's, that, that's really critical in cherries because cherries changes sometimes, sometimes in a, every hour it's changing. <laughs> what, um, one moment you have a load, the next it's going to someone else. Yeah, And the, and the market changes so quickly yeah. and, and uh, you got to stay ahead of it. I like to sell cherries and I, you know, I prefer rather large crop than a short crop because a, a large crop, you could just go with it. Everyone's your friend in a large yeah, I mean, crop, you right? just, you're just, you're just shooting away and, and selling cherries and, and a short crop, you got to be very careful. And, you know, you end up, you know, giving orders back and, and all the things that happen. Well, a large crop, you don't have that issue. You just sell away. So that was always, um, you know, that was always my, my, my preference when it came to cherries. You know, one thing about cherries that's different from apples is, you know, there's a lot of, cherry growers out there that are hundred acre guys, yeah. 50 acre guys. And so, you know, uh, it, we'd get halfway through the season and get kind of worn down a little bit. And Robert Kershaw would always say, you know, this must might be our 30th day, or our 40th day on cherries, but it's one grower's first day on cherries. Yeah. And that's how you have to approach cherries every day. Yeah. It's one grower's first day. That's a good point. And, um, and that was, that was true. And, and, um, and you had to always try to, 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 to get the best returns you possibly could because that would, that one day or those two days was that, that cherry growers. That's his one whole, shot. That's his one shot. Uh, that's his whole year. And, yeah. and so you always had to keep that in mind. And I remember one of our larger cherry growers on our first day of cherries in early June or even late May, he'd come in and just talk about all the growers and, and, and how they were depending on us. And some of these, some of these growers, their whole livelihood was in that, was in that crop. Yeah. And there's so many things that could ruin that crop or destroy that crop, mother nature, um, that we had to do our best. And that, that kind of kept you on, on, on point knowing that, you know, a lot of people were depending on you either the, the ebb and flow of cherries throughout the, th the three months was, was, was crazy. It seemed like you either had too many or not enough. Uh, there was never any equilibrium with cherries. It seemed like, uh, so it took a lot of planning and, 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 and a, a lot of discussions with your, you know, retail partners. And a lot of it was guesswork because, you know, you were setting ads two weeks, three weeks, four weeks in advance. And, uh, you had to, you had to guess because mother nature always, always, uh, always would come into play. And, and so it was, it was a tough deal. Are there any uh, last second curveballs that stand out to you, you know, over the past 28 years in cherries or apples, anything just come out of the blue and mother nature said F you or anything. Stand well, yeah. Out? I mean, there's a lot of those where um, I remember uh, we had a, we had a rainstorm, you know, like on Wednesday or Thursday and it just caused a lot of problems. I mean, it takes you days to recover during, during the actual harvest, during the actual yeah. harvest. And it was uh, heading into, uh, Canada Day with his July first. So you had a bunch of ads lined up. I had a bunch of ads lined up, <laughs> and I had to call these guys. And I think I canceled fifteen loads oh. uh, in the morning. Wow! Just they just weren't going to 
just wasn't going to be there. Do, do they understand that? I mean, I know, I, I know they're frustrated about it, but like they got to, they had to understand that, you know, you're farming and you're always at the mercy of mother nature. You know, that the seasoned guys did. Yeah. The younger guys didn't. <laughs> they just hang up on you. Or <laughs> yeah. They would hang up or, or you call know, you a but, few words. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You hear a few, uh, you know, I was Irish Catholic, you know, I didn't swear, <laughs> but um, yeah, the, the seasoned guys always understood. Yeah. Uh, Cause it didn't, didn't happen to cherries. It happened with grapes. It happened with all the, yeah, true. with all commodities, but younger guys that they didn't. And that was, t- those were tough phone calls. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. And I, I, you know, you, um, but, the, but you had to make them, yeah. but that happened almost every year. You had some kind of, some kind of weather event that changed, uh, changed the whole, uh, the whole progress yeah. of the, of the <clears throat> always a hurdle that you got to get over. Exactly. Every, every minute, every hour. Every yep. day. It changed. Yeah. So uh, in closing, got any final tidbits of advice or what do you, you know? Um, I, I loved what I did uh, all those years. I loved working for the Kershaw's and for the family. Um, it's a great industry. You know, if you live in the Yakima Valley, there's no, no there's no better, no better industry to get into. Wenatchee, Yakima Valley. Uh, it's, a, it's changes, it's growing and, and it grows on you. I'm glad my three boys are out here. Uh, it's a wonderful way to make a living. You make some lifelong friends and uh, went by quick. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in to this episode of In the Bin. We're sponsored by Domex Superfresh Growers. The show is produced and hosted by myself, Tyler Weinbender. All of the graphics and content are created by Brennan Mingarelli. And I would like to send a special thank you to Darren Yoger for producing the set and studio. Hopefully this episode was informative and we hope to see you on the next one. Have a good day.